This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Well, good morning. It's, uh, um, so I'm like Janet and my mom. That, uh, um, I feel things deeply. And uh, um, Alaska is a lonely place. And um, I feel like coming back to um, Sunset Presbyterian and meeting more and more of you and being welcomed by you and treated like brothers and sisters, um, it feels like home. It feels like home. Yeah, I like this. This is much better. <laughs> but what a, what a privilege it is to be here today to share with you the great things that are going on in Alaska. And... Uh, um, it's been a blessing to have so many people um, feel God's calling to come up and join with us in Alaska. So I hope today that even more feel the calling of Jesus Christ in, uh, in sharing that gospel here in Alaska. But if any of you have been to Alaska, you know that Alaska is big. And uh, um, our bears are big. We have 12-foot bears in Alaska that are, are eager to eat you. We have gold nuggets that are big. Alaska itself is six and a half times the size of Oregon. Six and a half times the size of Oregon. And we have the biggest mountain in Alaska. And if you see that bald eagle, you may think it's a bald eagle, but that is actually the size of our mosquitoes in Alaska. <laughs> Alaska is big. Everything about it is big. But one thing you might not know is even the vegetables in Alaska are big. We have 60-pound cabbages on a regular basis. We have leeks the size of small children in Alaska. We have zucchini that are, I don't even know how to describe that. And we have grotesquely large carrots that are there. Alaska is a very fertile, fertile place. And one of the things that always amazes me is Alaska is one of the harshest places in the world. These vegetables are growing with these kind of conditions. In, in Fairbanks, where we live now, it gets minus 40 degrees for days on end. We went three months with not getting above zero degrees. The weeds there, I thought weeds were bad in Oregon. But weeds in Alaska have to survive, and so they are voracious. And, and, and because there's so little food during the winter months, and everything is, is just snowy, the, the birds, when there is a seed on the ground, the birds come and they, they, they scoop up anything that is edible for them to eat. Not to mention, this is one of the things that's so fascinating about Alaska, is we have this thing called permafrost. And it is literally a few inches of soil, and then you can see in that far corner, it is five or six feet of frozen solid ice. That's, that's there year-round. It does not melt. So it's year-round. And then this last picture here is actually the amount of light that we get in the wintertime. You can literally see the sun just barely coming above the horizon. So it is dark. We have three hours of daylight in Fairbanks. Um, for months on end. And so these are very harsh, harsh environments. Yet, yet, these giant vegetables grow. And why? Why can they grow? And if you come to Fairbanks, you will see one thing in Fairbanks that most gardeners have. And they have a key to healthy vegetables. They have greenhouses. 
They have greenhouses all over the place where they, they protect them from the elements and they, they provide light and they cultivate the land and they, they keep the weeds out and they keep the birds out and they provide this environment where the seeds grow deep. And not only do they grow deep, but they grow strong. So when they are ready to be transplanted out into the world, they thrive. And they don't just thrive. They become so fruitful that it's record-setting fruit in this world. Alaska is a big place. We have a lot of big things. But one of the biggest things in Alaska is the need for the transformational power of Jesus Christ. More than anything else, it is needed so deeply in Alaska. The gospel is in Alaska. Everybody knows about Jesus Christ. But there are very few people in Alaska where those seeds have have taken root and and have grown healthy and mature and multiplying. Those, Those seeds are being taken out by so many different things. Because Alaska's spiritual environment is just as harsh as Alaska's physical environment. We have things like the culture and traditions. We have spiritual abuse that's rampant. People coming in the name of Jesus Christ and and, and raping children in the villages. We have uh, suicide. We are the highest state for suicide. We have addictions, drug and alcohol. We have superstition that abounds and and, and imprisons so many people. We have entitlement that is just uh, um, uh, uh, destroying the pride of men in work. And abuse, it's everywhere. It's uncles, it's aunts, it's dads, it's, it's siblings. Abuse is rampant in Alaska. You may be saying to yourself, well, how is this different than here? Because we have these same things, right? We have, we have these same things in the lower 48. But one of the things that's so different about Alaska, and especially in the Alaskan villages, is that this, this is not, there are not just pockets of, of, this, um, of these harsh environments. This, this is not abnormal. This is the normal thing in the villages, this is, this is something that kids deal with on a regular basis. In fact, we had kids whose parents would send them to places knowing that they were going to be abused because they had been abused themselves. We have kids that would come stoned to church because their parents were smoking and they were inhaling the, the fumes of the stone. So there, there are these harsh environments in the village. And, and I can speak all, all day about this. But, but we have three people that came down from Alaska Christian College that came out of the villages, and we have interviews with them. Let's go to that. Hello, everyone. My name is Christopher Adams. I was born in Anchorage, Alaska, around the springtime. I didn't really grow up in a Christian home. They really had a hard time going through problems with, as they'd call it, a gusuk, or white people. They started taking over the land and forcing their children to go to a boarding school. Once alcohol was introduced into Alaska, there are a lot of families that struggle with alcoholism, and with alcohol comes a lot of abuse, either physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. My dad stole a lot of money from 
my mom and my brother from their savings accounts. He started drinking a lot and he was even cheating on my mom. Two years after they had separated, my mom started becoming a health heavy alcoholic as well. After drinking so much, she kicked us out in the middle of the winter time. Hello, my name is Michaela. I also grew up in an abusive household. My dad was very abusive and he was violent and he was a drug and alcohol addict. And Whenever he'd come home, he'd, you know, throw things around, you know, beat my mom, that sort of deal. When I was about 12 years old, my dad sat me down on the couch and he knelt down before me and he said, I didn't want you when you were still in your mom's womb. I tried to beat her to get rid of you. And I fell down the same coping mechanisms that he did, you know, using drugs, drinking alcohol, at an early age of 12. Hi, my name is Danielle Lake. I'm from Chivac. Like, I've heard stories about Jesus and God, but I just thought that they were made up and that they were fairy tales. My mom was a... Uh, she was addicted to gambling, and my dad was an alcoholic. And most of the time, he'd come home drunk and angry, and sometimes violent. Being like a nine-year-old kid, I knew that that was not a healthy environment for us. So I stayed out a lot. People who I thought, who I thought were my friends, they started bullying me. And I remember I was crying at the kitchen table, and like I was thinking to myself, like you have no friends, nobody wants to be your friend. Like why are you even alive? And just all these horrible thoughts were running through my head. I walked to the kitchen and I found something to harm myself because I, um, I wanted to commit suicide. I hope that makes you uncomfortable. Because it should. It should make us uncomfortable with what is going on. You know, I, um, when Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about the gospel seeds being planted. And the gospel seeds being planted, but having soil that does not welcome the gospel message. Where Satan snatches away the gospel message. Where, where the worries of the world take away the message so that it can't deep, get um, deep roots. Where, where the weeds come and they choke out the gospel message in the village. And this is what it's like. This is what happens. This is the environment in which the gospel is being presented all across the state of Alaska. But just like the vegetables in Alaska, if there is not some protection, the gospel will not grow deeply in their hearts. 
And that's where, where missionaries in Alaska, it is so important to have them there because they provide a spiritual greenhouse in which the gospel message can take root where is a protection against the spiritual warfare that is going on? Where there is a, a place, safe place where people can come and share the struggles that they're going through. It is a safe place in which the gospel message can take root. Or else it's just as plucked away. It's choked out by the weeds. It's, it's, uh, the soil is so short that it, it, it can't grow. We have uh, um, missionaries all throughout the villages. The organization I'm with is Send North, and we have 81 men, women, and children that are out there sharing the gospel message on a daily basis and providing it. We had the honor of uh, um, being in the village of Port Graham for four years where we pastored a small church in a village of 125 people. And it was a daily struggle to be a spiritual greenhouse for the people that were struggling. It was a daily um, spiritual battle. Our girls suffered from um, eating disorders. They were so depressed and bullied by the kids. There were no friends or family or fellowship. And that's the environment that, that is being, um, the gospel is being spread. You know, the cost of following Jesus Christ in the village, it means for the villagers giving up your family traditions. Your family will reject you. You will have no friends because most of your friends are addicted or, or are um, abusers or are gamblers and they don't want anything to do with a person that's been transformed. So people are alone. Not only that, they lose their fellowship. A lot of the villages have long-standing traditions, religious traditions that are not Christ-centered and they lose their fellowship. Missionaries coming in, they provide that family, friends, and fellowship for so many of these people so that they can thrive and grow. One of the things that, um, it comes at a cost to the villagers, but it also comes at a cost to the missionaries. They are not alone, or they are alone. One of the beautiful things is God sees that. God saw it for us. He brought Janet. He brought Mike, he brought Dan out there, and they came and encouraged us. God has plucked us now out of the village and has given us a heart to walk alongside 81 missionaries, men, women, and children all throughout Alaska. We fly out, we provide a spiritual greenhouse for the people that are providing spiritual greenhouses in the village. We encourage, we equip, we send we make sure that they are doing well. One of the beautiful things is sunset is now being called to plant those same seeds. Sunset is being called to partner along with the missionaries that are on the field and to provide spiritual greenhouses for those people. This summer, uh, um, Janet, when she first came to Alaska, she came to rule out Alaska because she didn't want to do it. God in her, um, she, uh, he planted a seed, and that seed has matured and grown. And just like the parable of the sower, 
It's now blossomed and it's multiplied. The summer, 50 people came up to Alaska. 50 people, a lot of the people that had not been on a mission trip, those seeds were planted in their hearts. It's matured and grown, and now they're multiplying. This summer, we almost have our mission teams almost full for the teams next year. God is working. Let's go to the last slide. Here's the key that I want to leave you with. The only hope for Alaska is Jesus Christ. Alaska, especially the Alaskan villages, I've said this before, is a hopeless place. Worldly speaking, there is absolutely no hope for the Alaskan villages. None. Especially in the environment that they're in. But there is hope through Jesus Christ. And I love this verse in 2 Timothy that says, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may too obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. God has not given up on the villages of Alaska because he's sending you and he's sending missionaries. So there are still elect in the villages that need to be reached so that their seeds can grow and flourish. You know, you did not hear the end of the story with those students because it's a happy story. And 50 people this summer got a chance to hear a story of transformation that came through Jesus Christ. And these people, these three individuals, even though they had the past and the abuse that happened, they are transformed. And they have a joy that is contagious. They have a peace. They have a forgiveness. They have a healing that is provided. But that's not the people that are in the village. That's not their story. The end of their story, if they do not have Jesus Christ, is not a good ending. So I thank you guys so much that you guys have, have listened to God's call and have responded and are obedient because you are being used to bring the gospel message, the saving, transforming hope in Jesus Christ to bring hope to the people of Alaska. Thank you guys so much.